0: Hello, happy Wednesday to you all from rainy Kansas. Is it raining? <laughs> I don't know if it's raining
1: at the moment, but it's cloudy.
0: Yes, and it's it's just kind of like drizzly here. It's dreary and drizzly. Vince it is heaven, rained, and it's this is exciting. <laughs> I love it. Give me the sun. I love a good 90-degree day. <laughs> I, I'm like a lizard. Seriously, I am. I, I love to feel the heat on my skin. Anyway, Ooh, let's jump right in. We have a time limit today. We have things to do beyond this, kingdom things to do beyond this, and I'm so excited about it. Um, but today, we are talking about show me the money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) affectionately named in the middle of a conversation earlier this week we were talking about ah why are we all talking no action and so i i just quoted a movie show me the money show me the money like let's 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 move. It's time to move on from just talking about all the things and actually doing them, becoming the things, right? And um, we're gonna be probably all over the place scripturally, but we're gonna start in First Corinthians four. And you know what? I just feel the need to read this whole section. So we're gonna start at um, verse fourteen. So First Corinthians four fourteen. I'm not writing this to embarrass you or to shame you, but to correct you as the children that I love. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you. For I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus, the anointed one. So I encourage you my children, to follow the example that I live before you. That's why I've sent my dear son, Timothy, whom I love. He is faithful to the Lord Yahweh and will remind you of how I conduct myself as one who lives in union with Jesus, the anointed one, and of the teachings that I bring to every church everywhere. There are some among you who have exalted themselves as if I were not coming back to you. But I will come soon, if it pleases the Lord, and I will find out not only what these arrogant ones are saying, but also if they have power to back up their words. For the kingdom realm of God comes with power, not simply impressive words. So which would you prefer? Shall I come carrying the rod of authority to discipline or with an embrace and love with a gentle spirit? Now I love, love, love. I love all of this section. I, I love that this part up here where he's talking about babysitters, people who can, can tell you every step, what you should be doing. Is that really what you want? Or do you want autonomy? Do you want to be able to listen for yourself and do it? And um, and then the section where it says that the kingdom of God isn't just about words. It's about power. And I think that in, in our charismatic cultures, we barely have a big toe in the water when it comes to the the inner workings of the spirit. We've got we've got intercession down, kind of. We've got <laughs> prophecy down, kind of. You know, we've got like these very foundational basic things working. I'm going to say that. They're they're moving. The, The wheel is turning anyway. and But I just wonder how much more is available to us if we would actually venture out into the deep. We have a major trust issue. We would prefer to go back to Egypt and call Pharaoh father because we enjoy slavery. We don't want to admit that, but we enjoy slavery. I know we enjoy the babysitter telling us what to do and whipping us every once in a while as a slave master, because we are so afraid of risking it all and making a mistake and looking like fools. But scripture tells us, I'm a fool for Christ, right? He requires risk. He requires faith and we talked about this last week a little bit, that it, it requires faith for power to be released. And so we need to be those people who are willing to pray those dangerous prayers. God, fill me with your power. I want to hear your words, that allow that to bring on your power so that I can do things that are beyond someone else.
2: Yeah, you talk about being afraid, and Tabitha, being a slave means we have no responsibility. Exactly, uh, it, it, it that keeps us from having to, to to be responsible when we stay out of freedom and, and we don't jump into it because we're scared. We're scared of that freedom. We're scared of what it means for us. And you talked about just barely dipping a toe in. That, that recalls for me the the part of the word we got for twenty twenty three is uh, we we like to sit in the the shacks of Satan with a foot in the kingdom well keeping that foot in the kingdom keeps us uh, uh, just able enough to uh, um, do what we're talking about this morning where where we are just just talking and putting on a good show and not actually not actually living this and embracing it as part of our lives and who we are. And, you know, our ability to say one thing and then take action in a completely different direction is its pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible that we can do that. And if, if we really want to step back and objectively look at our lives, I'm sure each of us can find instance of this. Yeah, uh, I know I can. And so thinking about that more often than not, we're, we're doing this because we want someone to think about us in, in a certain way. And and trying to control the perception and manipulate how we're viewed. And uh, because in this scenario, we don't want to be seen. We don't want to be seen for uh, uh, sitting outside of the kingdom and just, just keeping one foot right in there, just enough to like, you know, be able to, to, to pretend and and see the right things. But you know, that reality of wearing that mask and, and pretending to be something we aren't pretending to be uh, not who it is that God says we are and and living it as he defines us. It's one of the hardest things we're ever going to do. It is not an easy thing to keep up that, that act. And, and so it, it's, it's far easier to live who it is God says for us uh, than pretending to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, it, because it, it's, it's hard to keep up that false persona.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: you can say all the right things, but it, it's obvious to those who know you even just a little bit that you aren't living the the empowered life or, or living that life full of power, uh, depending on which translation you're looking at. Right. And um, it, it's it's easy to keep that up for maybe a few hours. And and like I said earlier in our conversation before we went live, the seasoned pretenders, uh, those who, who have real practice at it can keep it up for a few days, but then they've got to hide because they can't do it anymore. They, they can't maintain that beyond uh, uh, whatever they are, are practiced at pretending. And so right. then, then it's like, where'd they go? They're, they're just like not there anymore.
1: Right.
2: And, and so I started thinking about the real question for me is uh, if I see someone I'm close to and someone I claim to love what am I doing about it I, am I challenging their behavior uh, am I willing to challenge the, the attitudes am I willing to uh, say something anything and, and invite them uh, into the uh, the caravan that's moving away from words without power that you described it uh, in the description for this this live this morning and uh, I, I, am I willing to just really be bold, And kind of drag them kicking and screaming onto this thing and and say, look, you know, I know what's going on. We're going to take this mask off. You can come or not come, but the pretending time between us is over. Yeah, God is not fooled by this pretending that and this mask that you're wearing. So let's drop it. Uh, You're you're either going to come with me or you aren't. But either way, that pretending is going to stop right now. And, and. That led me to First John three eighteen, and I, I want to read this real quick. Uh, I'm actually, going to start in seventeen and read through twenty. It says, "But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him?" Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. And, and I love the Passion translation that says, um, our, "Our love can't be an abstract theory." That we mm. just talk about. It has to be put into action. It says we will know, we will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him in whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart and knows all things. We can't hide from him. There, there's there's nothing we can do if we see these people in need, because they're they're wearing a mask of of living a life saying one thing and doing another then we've got to step up and say something. Our love for them can't just be an abstract theory.
0: Yeah. Pepper, jump in.
1: I like the way Vince you talked about having just a foot in the kingdom. And uh, I always kind of refer to that as trying to stand on two sides of an issue, you know, and it's that double-mindedness mm-hmm. that we were kind of talking about before the live. And it, it, Scripture's clear: when you're double-minded, you're unstable in everything. You know uh, how can you how can you be a covenant keeper? You know it, it mm-hmm. talks about in in Romans. Um, you know when they got. When they traded the truth for a lie and they got into idolatry, one of the things that they became was covenant breakers, you know. And so I think we may not realize sometimes that's what we're doing, but we're trying to stand on two sides of an issue. And scripture is just full of examples of how we can't do two things at once and serve two masters. He says, you're going to hate one, you're going to love the other. You can't say, I love God and hate your brother. Yeah. You know, a fountain can't bring forth bitter and sweet water. So there's all these examples of how double-mindedness doesn't work. And I think uh, one of the things about why we want to serve two masters is because we don't want to be branded by him. You know, and I I think you made the comment, Angie, of how uh, whatever God is trying to flow through us as we have to become it. Yeah. You know, and and so um, we have to let it mark us. We have to let that be the imprint on us. If we want to become what God is saying we are going to become, but we want to wear the wrong nose ring. (laughs) You know, we want the wrong tattoo. And so um, there's just no way that, that you can do both, you know. So um, I think God is saying, "What? how do you want to be marked? Because you're going to be marked one way right. or the other, right? Right. right? Because as event said, you can only keep up the facade so long and then your reputation is going to precede you, you know. What you are will become manifest.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. Do we want to be marked? And and, and the truth is, we are. I mean, it's, it's it's the same as we are always worshiping something, right? It, 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 what we worship is marking us, mm-hmm. and and so I think that you know we we are branded, and, and that is that you know there's so many parts of scripture, and I love this where um it, it's talking about being slaves for Christ, mm-hmm. and you know what they would do with uh, they would pierce. the the ear of a slave to show ownership. And are we willing to go that far? You know, are we willing to go the distance with him being marked by him? It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives within me. Are we willing? Are we able? This is a better question. Are we able to go that far with the Lord right now? Or do we have so many other things that serve as blockades in our lives that, that, you know, really, just keep us at a distance from being able to really, truly lay ourselves down and say, "I, I'm all yours. I'm a living sacrifice. Do what you will with my life." We're so afraid of of looking to the left or to the right, and uh, what are they going to think? And, and you know, Vince brought that piece into it. Is is we're we are so caught up in our own perception uh, by those that surround us. And and the thing is, is that the most impressive thing we could do is give our lives up. Mm-hmm. Truly, it's the most impressive thing that we could do. And And so we aren't talking about action in terms of performance. We're talking about becoming someone. We are yeah. ambassadors for Christ. We come straight out of the kingdom, not Compton, but the kingdom. <laughs> and, and that that's going to create a culture clash. And we have to, we have to be willing to be trained in this, to, to have those blinders on and not be pining for Egypt. And and so I just I think more than anything, we need to break our alliance with Egypt. We, we, we pine for Egypt over and over. and We don't want to admit that, but we do. We, we, we keep looking back. Oh, but this was better. Oh, but this was better. Oh, but this was better. It's not. The better way is to lose our lives completely. I want to, I want to read this portion of scripture in Isaiah um, 30. It says, this is what Yahweh says, woe to the rebellious children, who carry out their own plans but not mine, and who sign treaties without consulting my spirit. Whew. That how many times? How many times do you think you've been caught doing that? Signing treaties without consulting God first. How? piling one sin upon another. And just, I feel, I just feel like Jesus is like, can you break that down, please? Um, (laughs) Signing (laughs) treaties without consulting God. Yesterday, God said this to me, Angie, you have wielded um, inspiration and left the sword that slays lying on the ground untouched. Mm -hmm. And I thought, immediately, I was just like, I could hear my voice. All I want to do, all I want to do is inspire people. I just want to inspire people to greatness. I just want to inspire people to greatness. God, I just want to inspire people to greatness. All the times that I've actually said that, I just want to inspire people to greatness. And God said, Angie, inspiration is an adhesion, but the sword brings freedom. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been doing this so wrong. So wrong. And and it's, it, for me, influence was about being liked. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted. I didn't want to create waves or whatever. And and God's like, but that's not what I've created you for. And actually what he said, he went further. And he was like, I've created you to run with the angels. And I mm. thought, I don't even know what that means, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that and here's good. the thing is like, I can't even rightly tell you that I can pick up that sword that slays. I, I I'm not even sure I know how. But I can say that I'm making an agreement with him in this space where where I'm saying, you're right. I did make a treaty concerning something that you didn't sign off on. I I have been appeasing people. I have been trying to encourage them into right alignment. When all along, you have just been asking me to pick up the the sword and slay people. I don't even know how to pick it up, but I know how to make an agreement. That is my first step. So let's keep reading. You travel down to Egypt to find help without being guided by the words of my mouth. Instead, you put your trust in Pharaoh's protection, seeking shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, Pharaoh's protection will become your shame. And the shelter of Egypt's shadow will end in disaster. Though your officials arrive at Zoan and your ambassadors reach as far away as Hanes, all will be put to shame because of such unreliable people. They can offer you no help, only shame and disgrace. Our alliance with Egypt mentality will be our shame. It will be the disaster that is brought down on our lives, if we do not sever that and sever it now. Jump in.
2: I think we are signing treaties without consulting Holy Spirit all the time. And and I think uh, by and large, the, the, the church as a whole around the world is doing this and doing like you were talking about Pepper, standing on two sides of an issue where we should be united to be able to say this is uh, not in alignment with the kingdom. And this is, instead we are, are fighting and, and splitting the kingdom and, and representing it uh, in this way where, where we are, are, are doing this. We are, are, are signing these treaties and saying that uh, we are, are tolerating this. We are, uh ex- affirming this accepting this we are uh, adopting this as part of the kingdom and, and holy spirit's not behind that and, and then there's others that are are taking it uh, in another direction where they are uh rejecting the god's very creation the the people that he loves and that he died for uh rather than rejecting that the sin that they're in and, and and, and so again, we're, we're signing treaties uh, without consulting Holy Spirit. And, and I think this is something we have to be quite careful of, um, because it's a very ser- serious issue that could, that can give a false representation of, of who we are and gives, gives, a. Uh, uh, Against a false representation, when we step in as ambassadors, if we are truly ambassadors of carrying the kingdom, we better make sure that we know, uh, what it is that we're bringing. Right. And, and, and knowing that, um, we, we can't be, like Pepper said, standing on, on two sides of an issue. And, and it's, it's going to take a lot of work to get as a whole doing this. Uh, but if, if we're, if we're taking the mask off and we are, um, actually living the life that is empowered and and not hiding and and not trying to come up with some false persona, but running into and listening to Holy spirit first. And this is, this is all going to start to come into alignment and we're not going to have a lot of these issues that that we're seeing.
1: I love Angie, how you talked about that Egypt mentality. And I think that's where a lot of that falls persona comes from you know it's those traditions of egypt and even the pharisees their traditions you know um you know scripture said that because of their traditions they rendered the word powerless it had no effect because of their traditions and so it really is um those traditions that and that need to be weeded out of us and we can remove ourselves from the place but sometimes the place is still in us and sometimes that's a process, you know, it really is a process because it doesn't just get ripped out all at once but we have to work with that process of getting, you know, like they say you can take the girl or the boy out of the country but it takes some doing to take the country out of the girl or boy, you know Mm -hmm. and it talks about in Jude, um, they were talking about the false teachings and how it made them like clouds without water, just all fluff, but mm-hmm. pretty, but bring <laughs> no rain. I think I'll read some of that for us. Um, it's Jude, I'll start at 12, but um, it, it's talking about these people and their false teachings. and it says, when these people eat with you, in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love. Uh, They are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead. And, um, you know, Jesus He was pretty brutal with the Pharisees. He said, you you know, you're like open sepulchre. You're like an open tomb. You know, we know an open tomb sink really bad. But doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever in the blackest darkness. So we see how how this those traditions and that double mindedness it all intertwines and it all goes together. That um, you know you can't you can't stand on two sides of an issue. You, you have to be, like you said, be willing to be enslaved to have your ear pierced to wear the nose ring. You know, for the right master.
0: <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that, that God has just been really pushing with us is to hold the line of conviction, to break the back of tolerance and continue to echo no compromise. And and you guys, we can't even know what that compromise is without his holiness. And, and so like, and it's a scary prayer. God, let your holiness come in in full capacity to reveal the compromise that I'm carrying. I don't even know the compromise that I'm carrying because we live in such mixture that we, yeah. we, we just don't know. There are subtleties in there that God is like, that, that's, that's actually not me. I didn't do that. That's, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't reveal that like that. And, and so we need his holiness to come in and, and reveal where, where we are compromising. And because I want to be able to hold the line of conviction. I, my desire is to honor him. And he, he knows that He, he knows our heart. He knows our intent, but he also knows where the compromise is. And, and so to be free of that, we need to be asking him to allow his holiness to roll in to prove those spaces of compromise in us so we can be rid of those. And a lot of the areas of compromise in our lives have become so foundational that we are we are moved by them. Let's have his holiness come in to become foundational so we're moved by that. And it's an upside-down kingdom. The things that he's going to ask us to do are not going to be logical. They are certainly going to grate against our, our need for logic, our, our need for to be able to access that cerebral part of ourselves to make sense of it. And the kingdom isn't going to make, can I say Egyptian sense? <laughs> because it's not, it's not, it's not going to, and we might as well just be be honest about it. It's not going to, it's not going to make sense based on the world's system it's only going to make sense if we are so caught up in in what it is that he's doing. And so there is the culture clash. When when you have his holiness entering in to your atmosphere it is going to create a culture clash and mm-hmm. we need that desperately
1: mm-hmm.
0: um god has has revealed actually through the word that he gave us for 2023 he said at the very end that he was sending in um his uh, angels the angels from his embassy and then last wednesday during our warrior worship wednesday um, God was revealing that he was sending in his ambassador angels, and it did not occur to me till days later, like, it's one and the same, like the angels from his embassy and these ambassador angels that, that he sent in to surround our city. They are They are representing the culture of the kingdom, and there is going to be a great clash, and if we are not leaning into Jesus, we're going to call it evil. We will, because we are a wayward people and we are not familiar with holiness. And I can tell you this much that when I was looking into the spirit and seeing these things happen, it was terrifying. These 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 angels look like creatures from the deep. I mean, they're just it, it has a, a sense of terror on it. But holiness does. Yeah, should be such a clash with our culture that it puts every fiber of our being on notice. And that's what that vision did for me is I'm going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, we absolutely need these angels from the Lord's embassy to come. And and, and just to give you a fuller picture of what it was that he was showing me is they were each carrying a flag and their flags were whipping in a, a wind that felt quite violent. It was a powerful wind. And I can still hear the sound of these flags just whipping. I mean, they just make that whipping, snapping sound. And they were not, their flags were moving, but they were so resolute in, in this wind. And God was calling it the power of his spirit, the wind of his spirit. and And... Yesterday we had this really, we had had some really calm days, but yesterday the wind picked up and I was standing out in it. And, and God is like, can you feel that? I'm like, the wind? (laughs) Because I'm slow. (laughs) And, but he was like, that's the wind of my spirit beginning to infiltrate your atmosphere because I am bringing a culture shift. And so we just need to be on guard because we will completely miss it and dismiss it. If we are not capable of having spirit eyes right now.
2: Yeah. this holiness. Uh, makes it easy to recognize compromise. It just, it, it just shines bright. And it, it is uh, like you were describing. It's so terrifying. It, it, but only as long as you resist the call within that to come up higher yeah. and, and and once you do it's it's uh, comforting and, and and the fear of the Lord becomes less uh, terrifying and more comforting because you know we know it's the beginning of wisdom and so that's not terrifying but it's that resistance when we try to maintain the the, the mask and and not, not succumb to the holiness, and that's that, that's really a, a terrifying thought to me. Is is not wanting to to answer that call to come up higher, and um, it, it's it's not going to make sense if if we continue to operate first from our our natural perspective rather than from our, our co seated place. Yeah, we start to look at things first from our co seated place. They, they make a lot more sense. We may not have the full picture. He may not give us the the entire um, picture of, of what it is we're moving into or what it is he's calling us into, but we, we can see more when viewed from that space. And, and, and holiness has to play a part in all of that. I, I don't know how we are going to be able to answer the call uh, of being ambassadors without it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, if you are carrying that holiness when you walk into a place, uh, you aren't going to have to speak change to the atmosphere. It's just going to respond Amen. to you
1: come on, because of
2: what it is that you're carrying into that mm-hmm. space. Yeah.
1: Amen. And, you know, we live in a culture that's so powered by words that we begin to believe what we say. You know, people say all kinds of things online that is not, not their reality. Or, you know, you can get on YouTube and you can have a channel and be an expert in something you know nothing about or that you don't live, you know, but, um, God was really showing me and speaking of power and living from that place of holiness, that when Jesus went into the tomb, he wasn't in the tomb waiting for some inert or out outward power to come and give him a surge and raise him up Mm -hmm. the minute they put him in that tomb power entered that tomb Mm -hmm. you know because scripture tells us that when he was in the wilderness and satan was doing all his shenanigans and tempting him when he got done with all that he came out of that wilderness in power so they didn't put a powerless Jesus in a tomb. And Jesus is like, I hope God comes. I hope, you know, no, he he came out in the power of the spirit and he went in that tomb in wow. the power of the spirit. And so we have to realize greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So we're not waiting or just using powerless words and then waiting for some power to fall on them and make them be the reality. The reality is we are coming from a position of power. If we draw on and and live out that power of Holy Spirit that he's put inside of us and get away from this culture where words mean everything and action means very little.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. We're in for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're in for it.
0: Uh, and it's exciting. It, it, it's it's mostly exciting, and and I I think that when, when you when you consider the fear of the Lord, it is both exciting and terrifying, mm-hmm. as it should be. It mm-hmm. provokes awe in, in us. It provokes reverence in us. And and so I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to serve a God that's not capable of doing that in me to put every bit of me on notice. By one word, by, by one moment of, of being in his presence and that the second that, that we are not regarding him and revering him and his, his, his holiness is when we become way too comfortable with God. And I don't want us to be that comfortable with God. Mm-hmm. I, I want us to be on notice when we're with him, that mm-hmm. That I, I can't be double minded in, in his presence. And I think that that's what we need to practice when we're with the Lord. We need to drop the double mindedness. We need to stop allowing our thoughts to run in five different directions. Yeah. We just need to be focused on him. And we're very capable of doing this. I'm not the only one. We, we allow our, our minds to just run in so many different directions while he's speaking to us, while he's, he's comforting us while, you know, while we're with him, let's just be with him. About a year or so ago, God said to me, you know, Angie, when you come to me, you don't need to be wearing your gifting as armor. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, I needed to hear that. I had no idea I was doing it. But I needed to hear that. I don't have to wear, I don't have to be wrapped in my giftings to be with the Lord, right? Like it all comes from him. Everything that I would need in that space is, is already a- available. The giftings that he's wrapped my life in are for here when, when I am boots on the ground, so to speak. And that's where I need those giftings, but not when I'm with him. When I'm with him, I want to lay everything down Beautiful. and just be open to what it is that he, that he's wanting to do. And I think so often that we miss out on the transformation that is available to us because we are so guarded and we're armored with our giftings. And it's the giftings that have a voice and they're speaking in a hundred different directions going like, oh, I'm going to do this with that with, with that thing that you just said. I'm going to do this with that that shiver that I just had right and and instead yeah. of doing that let's just be present
1: yeah.
0: let's just be present with him mm-hmm.
1: be con- more concerned with the being than the doing <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's it's, and, and, it's overflow right? right like everything that we do here mm-hmm. is is overflow from this ministry to the lord mm-hmm. and you can you can call it what you will but our only ministry is to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. we we love to define what ministry is going to look like for us but the only ministry we are actually called to is to Jesus Christ
1: mm-hmm.
0: everything mm-hmm. else is overflow it's all overflow And the second that we get our eyes off of Jesus and we think that our ministry is in all these different directions, we are functioning out of gifting alone and the oil has dried up. Go ahead, Pepper. Sorry, I interrupted you.
1: No, no. I was just thinking how, you know, in Romans 14, it talks about
0: how um,
1: Jesus became the son of God with power. And the word says he has given us power to become sons. So I love how you said we don't have to come wrapped in our gifting we can just come as a son or a daughter and that's where the power comes from just being a son just being a daughter it it just from being in his presence you know it, it you know like like uh what what is the process of uh photogenesis mm-hmm. you know just being in that light <laughs> just being in that light and or That's a 90 degree day and sucking in the sun. <laughs> That's where the power comes from.
0: Yeah. So good. Vince.
2: Uh, the only thing uh, on my mind at this point now is it's time to drop the pretense. You know, you're not fooling anyone with, with words you think people want to hear. Be real. Be honest. Uh, be who God says you are. And stop running from that and stop running from him.
0: Yeah. Mm, That's good. Stop trying to run off the altar.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Stay on the potter's (laughs) wheel.
2: Put put, put yourself there and stay there.
0: (laughs) Dead things don't wiggle.
2: (laughs) That's right.
0: And, and the thing is, it's like we need to redefine what it means to be a congregation, right? Like we we save up everything for for our Sunday morning experience to, to encounter Jesus. And that's so errant. We need to be we need to be buying oil on a regular basis so that when we come together, we're experiencing the transformational resurrection power in that space. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I have to go here. It's like the Care Bear Stare. <laughs> <laughs> they all have power within themselves and their cute little cuddly tummies, right? Mm-hmm. But when the enemy is on the prowl, they align themselves together and release their distinct powers as one. They merge and take out the enemy. The care bears are powerful. Go watch an episode. Seriously. It's <laughs> so where the
2: overflow's happening.
0: It's where the overflow's happening. Yes. They get their oil mm-hmm. from being with the Lord on a regular basis, unmasked, in raw form. And and then when we come together, when we congregate that's where we have that resurrection power that's just brooding in the atmosphere to bring about transformation in the same way that Saul to Paul happened, right? Where, you know, he's he's on the move. He's going to take out Christ's people. and, And it's a glorious takedown. And three days later, the man is on his feet, eyes wide open, freshly baptized by water and by power. And he's preaching. Mm-hmm. that's the kind of transformation that's available to us. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the 30 year route. I'm tired of seeing people ebb and flow. I'm tired of seeing people attached to bungee cords where they can only get so far out. And then they're taking, <laughs> is, it's, it's like shoots and ladders. <laughs> we are not on a game board people. Yeah. When you are a kingdom individual, there is only higher and higher and higher. And higher. It's not a game of shoots and ladders. We've got to stop falling for that. We are an empowered people with Christ's power. He's either worthy to receive the reward of his suffering or he's not. You decide. Pray, Pepper.
1: <laughs> Did you say pray? Okay. <laughs> I will pray. Father we thank you god that you empower us to do these things these aren't just lofty plans and lofty yes. ideas yes. you have for us these are to these should become our reality this should become our reality holiness should be our reality father would you save us from the egyptian mindset would you yes. save us from our traditions that make your word ineffectual and powerless in our lives, Lord. Because we are wearing a mask, God. Let us feel loved enough to, to shed the mask. Your word says that perfect love casts mm. out fear, Lord. And so give us an understanding of that perfect love so we don't have spots in our love feast, Lord. Yeah, We want That dunamis power that not only empowers us and changes our lives, but as Vince said, we don't always have to go into an area decreeing and declaring and all that's good and necessary at times. But what about the power that comes from just being the power that comes from just being as we yield ourselves to this Lord, would you teach us this? Would you teach us how to walk in this in the way you've designed for us to walk in it? And we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor unto the God who is able to do uh, exceedingly more than we could ask, think, or believe. Who can present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Thank you. Be glory and power to the only wise God, our Savior. Glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Wow. Guys, I bless the rest of your Wednesday and the rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. Bye.